0: Hello everyone. Welcome to the 9th episode of Snippet. I am Aparna, today's host. I work as an optometrist at the myopia clinic Shankaranitralia. Before beginning the session, I would like to remind you to take the multiple choice questions by clicking on the link given in the description box and do not forget to repeat the test after the session. Today we are going to discuss about myopia, the current trends and various control options with Dr. Vishwanathan. Dr. Vishwa is the Chief Optometrist at the Myopia Clinic, Shankar He is the Head of Optometry and Optical Division of the hospital. He has over two decades of clinical experience in various areas of eye care. He is also an Assistant Professor at Elite School of Optometry and is involved in teaching undergraduate and postgraduate optometry students. Currently, he is involved in various epidemiological and clinical research pertaining to myopia. I welcome you to the session, sir.
1: Thank you, Aparna. It's a great pleasure to be part of this podcast.
0: Thank you, sir. So, to begin with, why is it important to understand myopia or what is the trend in myopia now?
1: The global prevalence of myopia is increasing at an alarming rate and it is actually predicted that by 2050, half of the world's population would be myopic. Not only that, The global prevalence of high myopia is also increasing. This is worrying because high myopia is associated with blinding conditions like myopic macular degeneration, glaucoma and retinal detachment. In India too, the prevalence has doubled in a very short time. So, I think it is important to control myopia early in life.
0: Okay, so from your statement, it is evident that it's important to control myopia early in life, but what are the causes of myopia?
1: Yeah, earlier, uh, it was believed that only genetic factors were responsible for the development and progression of myopia, but because of the rapid increase in the global prevalence of myopia over a very short period of time, it is believed that it could be a combination of genetic and environmental factors. Evidences have also shown that intense near work, including digital devices and less time spent outdoors are some of the modifiable risk factors for myopia progression.
0: So, uh, then in these trying times, especially most of us are at home spending more time with gadgets and the worrying part is that all the classes for children are now happening online. How do you see the situation?
1: Yes, uh, in fact, I have... uh, Two school-going children at home and I definitely can share my experience on this. As India is coming to terms with COVID-19 lockdown and as work from home becoming a new norm in every possible field, children will be exposed to more time indoors and less of outdoor activities, which are known risk factors for myopia onset. Children are also going to spend more time with digital devices in the near future. In fact, two new terms have been coined due to the current situation of homeschooling, namely quarantine myopia and homeschooling myopia. This situation can hasten the myopia prevalence if adequate care is not given during the home confinements. now. In fact, the impact of digital devices goes beyond eye health and could affect overall well-being of these children. Children can present with eye strain and musculoskeletal issues as part of the digital eye strain spectrum. So, all children, especially who are at risk, should be encouraged to follow the 20-20-20 rule, which is nothing but taking 20 seconds break to look at objects 20 feet away from their devices once in 20 minutes or at least after every class lecture that they sit through. Children should also be taught to blink voluntarily as often as they could to reduce symptoms of dryness.
0: Okay, so when you say special care to be given to children at risk, what are the specific parameters that need to be looked into during the ophthalmic assessment?
1: Yeah, as far as the uh, myopia workup guidelines, it is recommended that eye care practitioners who deal with children with myopia of new onset or progression, they need to include documentation of ocular biometry as this would help them decide or modify the myopia control strategy. Apart from that, accommodative dysfunctions, including spasm of accommodation and acute onset esotropia have been reported in the literature due to excessive gadget use. So evaluation of the Fourier status or eye alignment near point of convergence, accommodation amplitudes, accommodation response and facility would form the minimum test battery to be able to diagnose and treat the binocular vision dysfunctions due to excessive gadget use. Vision therapy plays a significant role in managing these anomalies. The recommendations need to be disseminated through eye care practitioners across to all concerned stakeholders including children, parents, and other public health professionals.
0: So you mentioned about 20 uh, twenty 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 rule earlier to minimize the digitalized strain. Apart from that, are there any quick tips for children who are glued to these gadgets?
1: Yes, by now, all of us realize that virtual education is going to stay and so giving a compulsory no-gadget break for 15 minutes after an hour of continuous lecture should be shared with teachers and school authorities. Brochures can also be shared to the concerned stakeholders about visual hygiene. This includes maintaining at least an arm working distance, Preferably work with gadgets while having access to natural lights. Reading under ambient illumination. Use larger gadget screens for better resolution and to reduce visual fatigue. Frequent blinking to ensure that children do not develop dry eye related symptoms. Parents can also be educated regarding online applications in gadgets such as Family Link to monitor and restrict screen time and also to set breaks and sleep time. I strongly feel that it is the collective responsibility of healthcare practitioners, parents, teachers, and all stakeholders to create a safe visual environment for children during this pandemic and times after.
0: Definitely, sir. I agree. Uh, But that brings us to the question, so how do we slow the progression of myopia?
1: Yes, this is important for all of us to understand. Earlier progressive lenses and bifocal lenses were tried to slow myopia. However evidences with progressive lenses showed a very small or insignificant effect on myopia progression. However progressive lenses were effective in slowing myopia in children with larger accommodative lags and esophoria at near. In contrast Randomized control trials showed that executive bifocal lenses slowed myopia by about 50%, especially with base-in prisms incorporated. Then pharmaceutical agents like atropine were tried. Initially, high doses of atropine, that is 1%, were tried and it slowed myopia by about 70%, but it had side effects like pupil dilation, glare or blur. However, low dose atropine 0.01% can slow myopia by 30 to 60% and may be associated with fewer side effects. Then various concentrations of atropine 0.05%, 0.025% and 0.01% were evaluated. Though all three concentrations were well tolerated without any adverse effects, 0.05% atropine was most effective in controlling both spherical equivalent and axial length. At Shankarnitralaya Myopia Clinic, we have given low dose atropine 0.01% to over 300 children in the last two years and it slowed myopia by about 60% and there were no side effects. Evidences have also shown that some of the progressive myopes would still progress despite the treatment. Like about 20% of the European children and about 40% of the American children were non-responders. That they were still progressing. But what is interesting to note is only 10% of the Indian children progress. So that's a good news for us. A poor response was associated with higher degree of myopia at baseline and myopic parents. As far as contact lenses, orthokeratology lenses, which are worn overnight, and these lenses optically correct myopia by flattening the central cornea. And evidences have shown a 40 to 60% reduction in the rate of myopia progression. At at SN, we do fit ortho-K lenses, but because of the complications associated with it, selection of patient is the key and it requires clinical expertise to ensure proper fit.
0: Thank you, sir. So, finally, uh, can you give a message for the eye care practitioners?
1: Yeah. Um, any myopia that occurs early in life, say less than 14 years, are generally termed as early onset myopes. And among these early onset myopes, if any of them are progressing over half a diopter in a year with strong family history, are to be investigated further and what are the control strategies are to be and not stop with regular single-vision lenses or contact lenses. So, my message to all iCAR practitioners is attend to them early in life.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. With that, we come to the end of the session and I hope it was very useful for everyone. Now, it's time for the question of the week. What are the management options for a 9-year-old with a refraction of minus 3 diopters in both the eyes? The child's previous annual cycloplegic refraction was minus 2 diopters. There is a fam- positive family history of myopia among both the parents and the child spends nearly 4 hours per day at near and reports no outdoor activities. And now to announce the winner for the question of the week of the previous episode, Dr. Nela from Shankar Nechralya. Congratulations. For the next episode, we shall discuss about the recent advances in glaucoma. That's all for the day. Take care everyone.